This is the Jonathan Darling Podcast. And I'm your host, Jonathan Darling. Thank you for choosing to join me as we learn what it means to love, lead, and inspire, to chase greatness, and to become who we were ultimately created to be. And now it's time. Welcome to the Jonathan Darling Podcast. Welcome to the Jonathan Darling Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Darling, and I am incredibly excited today uh, with the conversation that I get to have with Jeremy Freeman. And here's here's the reason why. So Jeremy um, comes from the health and fitness world. He's an entrepreneur. He's a former bodybuilder. Um, And a lot of those things are things of what I was at one point also being uh, heavily involved in bodybuilding as, as, a, as a young adult um, coming up in the health and fitness industry. So I'm really excited about this conversation for you guys to be able to meet Jeremy, um, learn a little bit more about him, what he's doing, the journey that he's on, the dreams that he's chasing. Um, and, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on the podcast today. Jonathan, I just want to thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be here. No, it's awesome. So, Jeremy, there, there's so many things, and 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 for the listeners, Jeremy and I were having a little bit of a conversation uh, before we hit the record button, and you and I were talking about bodybuilding, and and I kind of want to start there because several reasons. One, because I think. Uh, I did my first bodybuilding competition when I was in college. It was the Mr. Ball State competition. Mm-hmm. And I had absolutely no clue what I was doing, but I loved working out. I loved lifting. I changed my major to exercise science, wanted to be a strength coach and all of this stuff and fell in love with the sport of bodybuilding, the discipline behind it, how I could watch my body change and adapt to different variables. How, like, Jeremy, what did that journey look like to you? How did you get into bodybuilding? Was it something you were just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do this. Or, or was, was, was there influences in your life? How, how did you get into that? Well, you know, I, I, uh, I was a swimmer prior to becoming a bodybuilder. And so in swimming, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an individual sport, but it's still a, a team sport. You know, you're, you're performing right. your best, you know, for the team. And so uh, when I was in eighth grade, uh, the one thing I always remembered was there's a big board up on you know up on the the the, the wall there and so, so just just think about this you have this board that has all of the best times for all the different strokes yep on that board and you and, and so those really are the numbers that you're looking at and saying man i want to be on that board that's what i did anyways i i felt that if i could get on that board that would kind of solidify my success i guess you'd call it in in right. Swimming, you've made you know? it. You're on the board. You've made it. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of what I thought in my mind, you know, and, and, you know, of course I, so I, in eighth grade, I actually, that was my whole goal. I want to break a number of those records on that board. And, and, you know, and it wasn't about, you know, it was really about that time. 
you know, it, it wasn't about the competition with anybody else at that time. And so I, I think I was really fortunate just to have had that simple idea that I had in my own mind. I don't know how it got there. I just remember seeing that board. I'm like, well, that's the board to be on. And so that's all I shot for. I literally was swimming the 50 free, the 100 free, the 200 free. You know, I was doing the breaststroke. And, and literally all I wanted to do was beat those times. Yep. And so... And that's what I worked toward. And so in eighth grade, I ended up winning 14 times, breaking a number of those records on that board. And I took first every single time. And they're like, oh, this kid's got to go into it, got to go up to varsity. So I actually ended up getting my varsity letter in eighth grade uh, for swimming. And still even, wow. you know, but I was, I was a little disheartened because I hadn't break, broken all the records. I really, you know, I really felt like that's what my, my purpose was in that year. And it felt like I kind of was yanked away from me when they moved me up to varsity. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was cool. Right. To be the, you know, the bigger guys and the, you know, the better swimmers and, and did it make me better? It probably did, but I really had a strong purpose at that time to just beat the, you know, the numbers on the wall. And, and so I, and I was doing great at it. So it did take the wind out of my sails, but you know, that, that right there, again, that's, that, that was the start, I think for me of really kind of going after something. And uh, you know, even in varsity, I never took less than third place. Um, they said that I had Olympic potential, which was like, wow, okay, really? <laughs> I'm just trying to beat that number on the board. That's all I'm trying to do, you know? And so, you know, so, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking about the Olympics or any of that stuff, but then I just, you know, I always was interested in bodybuilding, you know, and, and, um, you know, and actually put a little bit of muscle on. And so I, I did always lift weights a little bit. And they always told me, ah, you shouldn't lift weights when you're doing swimming, but I did anyways. And so, uh, the next year is when I decided I'm going to start to lift weights and bodybuild. And I, I read Education of a Bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and that book like really impacted me. I'm like, okay, this is it for me. You know, he was, he started when he's 15. I'm, I'm 15 years old. I'm, I'm doing this, you know? And so uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I was so you know what, it's like anything. You don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> you learn as you go, you know, and, and that's part of the fun of it, I guess, you know, uh, but, you know, I didn't know you had to put color on. I didn't know, you know, about the, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know the poses, but I actually walked into, um, I walked into this health food store. This guy, John Harrison, comes you know, says, wow, you got a good physique. You should do this bodybuilding show that I'm putting on in Watertown. It's called the Can-Ams. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really interested. And he's like, you know, and so I, I would go in to, you know, I always was interested in supplements, you know, so of course right. that's where I'm in. But uh, anyways, he finally talks me into, he says, I'll show you the poses you need to do. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of traded in my swimming trunks for posing trunks. and, and Which and look very fun. similar. So it's a very, <laughs> very is. similar look. You were already used to being half dressed performing in front of people. Exactly. You know, that now, so when, when you started getting into it and, um, you know, cause I remember my, my first bodybuilding book was the encyclopedia of bodybuilding, you know, Arnold, you know, the Arnold yeah. book. And, you know, I think I would try to do all of the workouts in there was there, you know, because I look back and I I've been a fan of bodybuilding for a long time. Like it, it was my sport. Um, you know, I played, I was a wrestler. I played football, but once I got into college, there, there wasn't a lot of things to compete in. So it was just like, go lift, you know, look good for the ladies. And then it was like, Oh, the, you know, bodybuilding started to get into it. You know, I remember, you know, even look, I think I've watched pumping iron probably a hundred and 
times, you know, love yeah. that movie. And, Me too. <laughs> yeah. you know, still, and still do like, still love it. Um, you know, looking back on like guys like Frank Zane and, and Arnold and, and Franco and, and all of them coming up, you know, I loved them. And, and even started getting into what I would consider, like when I was coming up, like the newer age guys, you know, like, um, like Jay and some of those guys that I would, I would watch Dorian, who was it like when, when you were coming up in the sport of bodybuilding, who was it that you were looking to like, that's who I want to look like. Like, that's who I want to, I want to mirror my career after. Matt Mendenhall. Really? Yeah, because again, I was during that time was when he was trying to turn pro. Which again, this that's a guy that I can't believe never turned pro. Um, yep. But you know, he's a tall guy, blonde hair, which is exactly what I was—tall, blonde hair—and and you know, he's in the heavyweight class. And um, I just thought that is the physique I want. That physique, you know. And so um, he was definitely the first inspiration. Of course, you know, listen to Arnold before that. I think Arnold inspired so many of us that were in bodybuilding or weightlifting because, you know, not only did he, you know, uh, excel in that sport, but in so many other things, movies, everything else. But, um, you know, he gave education. Listen, his books, those things, Encyclopedia of a Bodybuilder, you know, Education of a Bodybuilder, those things, those are, are you know, pinnacle points, you know, for you, for me, for a lot yeah. of people that are out there. And so, uh, but Matt Mendenhall was my first for sure. Um, I've never been a fan guy, you know, but that was like the vision or the image that I would keep in my head of where I was headed. Um, yep. I'd say probably after that, maybe Gary Stridham, you know, he was another mm -hmm. one that, that, you know, again, another tall, big blonde guy. Um, you know, so uh, that was, I would say that was my start. Yeah. And so you, so you did this first competition. Did, did you do the first competition that, did you end up doing that show and how, like, what did, what was that like? Like obviously walking in first show ever young guy. What, what was that like? Well, it's just like anything that you don't know what to expect. And you don't know what you're doing. You, you're like, you, you're kind of worried. <laughs> you're, you're kind of doubtful. You're got a little fear, you know, built up and you're just not really sure because you know, I still feel like I had a little bit of confidence in me because, you know, to get up there, you know, and display yourself in, in your shorts and, and, and be judged. Listen, I think that bodybuilding has taught me so many things because think about it. Nobody wants to be judged. Nobody, you know, listen, right. we were, you're bearing your whole soul to people. I mean, your, your whole body anyways and saying, hey, judge me. You you're I mean? right. And, and, I, like, and it's so funny too, you say that, like, you know, my wife, my wife and I were I was still competing when we got married. So I'd, I'd been competing and, and my wife and I got married and for a long time, it jacked up my wife because we, we would, you know, we would do all this stuff. And when you're going through dieting and some, sometimes it's, it, you're absolutely miserable. And, and so we, we would go up, we would get on stage and then we would come and sit out and, and we would critique people's bodies, right? You're sitting out in the audience and you're critiquing people's bodies and, you know, that, you know, figure and fitness and all this stuff, all, the, all these figure. And my wife would be like, if they're picking those people apart and I don't look like those, like it, it messes with people's minds sometimes. Cause you really are. It's like, look here, here I am. You're going to judge me and critique me. And oftentimes it's by some people that I don't understand how they're judges, but whatever they are. Um, <laughs> It's difficult. It, like you, you really, it, if you're not careful, it can, it can create a complex. 
you know, I think one of the things that it helped me do was, you know, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I, 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 could, I could feel it down in my soul. You know what I mean? It was, it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I felt like I had found that purpose early enough for me to be able to, you know, listen, everybody already told me I was tall and, you know, thin as a, as a swimmer. So everybody told me what I couldn't do, what I wasn't going to be capable of, and that didn't have the genetics for, and, and on and on. I mean, everybody, I, nobody gave me any encouragement. It was all like, it was all negative feedback. It felt like, you know, it was like, yeah. man, holy moly, maybe I, I think God I didn't listen to them, but you know, you you almost, for me, I very early on, I became indifferent of anybody's good or bad opinion of what they thought I should or shouldn't do. And I just said, I'm doing this, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I, I just kept going. And you know how it is, man. Everybody wants, listen, people have never competed before are giving you more advice, you know, as a bodybuilder than freaking people that are, you know, at the top, you know, you, yep. you're literally getting advice from everybody that's, that, that, that thinks that their opinion is worth something and it's not. So I think for me, fortunately, I really figured that out early for me. And so I just became indifferent. I'm doing this. My, my parents didn't like it initially. I don't care. You know, yep. uh, it didn't matter. I, 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 this is what I wanted to do. After I competed the first time, I'm like, man, I kind of like this because it, it, it's, it's a sport where you have to take a look at yourself. You have to really assess yourself, which isn't always easy to do either. And I would assess myself and say, well, I need a lot better, you know, I need bigger everything. Number one, you're always trying to improve and grow. Right, so again, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a sport of improvement and growth. And, you know, you're always looking to say, okay, what do I need to do now? You might do a show and, you know, do well or not, and then go back to the drawing board and, and, and reassess and find out what you need to do to be better for the next time. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, bodybuilding just taught me assessment it taught me dedication it taught me consistency and probably the biggest takeaway for me is and i didn't realize this until much later is it taught me about obsession mm. uh, about you know which is normally negative to people but i feel like you know used in a positive way it's probably one of your most powerful tools yeah, uh, you know, where you're literally, it's not, you're, you're not in your mind anymore. You're in your heart. If you're obsessed with something, it's in your heart and it's something you're doing and you're indifferent. You're just going for it and you're giving it everything you have, you know, heart and soul. It's what you think about when you get up in the morning. It's what you think about before you go to bed at night and you're dreaming about it. That's to me was powerful because I was daydreaming about it when I was, was I sitting in school, you know, I was, I was, my teachers were always like, this kid's a daydreamer. He's got ADD or something, you know, they would have labeled yeah. me then if they knew what that was. Right. But you know, and I think a lot of us are like that, but it just literally, I can't, I'm so grateful that I found that sport because it really has shaped and changed the person that I am. Yeah. I, I love that too, man. Like, like you were giving me goosebumps there because I, I talk a lot about, um, you know, and we were talking a little bit, uh, a little bit about it, you know, when we were talking about the podcast, like I truly believe like there were, we, we have these dreams, we have these things that were given to us, they were like, you know, if you if you look at the the biology of the heart, the the heart has memory cells in it, it right? And, we, and there, there, there's this talk about the, the, the heart brain connection, right? And, and those things that are stored in your heart, those like we store memories in our hearts, like we, we store thoughts in our hearts. Oftentimes, I believe that that's that's where our dreams truly are stored, are in our heart. And 
when we when we start allowing ourselves to chase after those dreams and to realize that those dreams were given to us for a reason, it changes the way it changes everything about how we approach it. We we approach it differently. You t- I love the idea of of obsession. And it's not this obsession in a negative way. It's that there's nothing, it, it, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now, there's nothing else that matters outside of accomplishing that and, and getting that done. And it doesn't matter what people are saying. I, 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 I you know, I, I love to tell people all the time, I don't need more people walking around with buckets of water ready to douse the fires and the flames of the dreams that people have inside of them. We've got way too many of that. I want people carrying around gasoline. Somebody bring me a can of gasoline and let's start dumping that on the fires that's burning inside of people and getting them jazzed up and fired up and taking that little spark of something that, that they believe was given specifically to them. And let's turn that into a freaking inferno, right? Let's blow up. You're giving me chills now. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I just met you on this podcast. I love you already. (laughs) Okay, because I feel I I have the same mission, similar mission is again is is to be that gas, you know, to really to light people's fire to show them that you know, you got you you know I look at it a few different ways. You know, you have people that you know that they they know they have something inside and they know there's more for them. You know, they're interested in you know and going after it. They've read all the information, but they just they're just not doing it yet. You know, they're not there yet, and so. You there's know, a lot of people that stay in their head. There's a lot listen, of people that stay yeah, here. That's exactly it. Think about this. You know, when you're interested, you're in your head. You're into your head. You're still, you're still analyzing. You're still trying to figure it out. And then once you become committed, when you're committed, now you're trying, you're learning to dial this in, this focus in onto that purpose. And then you start to feel it. Okay. So you're going from here to here. And yep. like you said, the heart is 65% neural cells. You know, more than just, it's, 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 it literally, you're programming it and it's becoming, again, once you go from interested to committed, now you're, again, feeling it more and you're putting yeah. more time and energy to it. The bottom line is the things that we give attention to and we give focus to are what grows. And right. so that's what you're doing. You're committed and giving it more attention. Yeah. You know, and then you go from there to fully committed. Fully committed is really when you now start saying, hey, you know, let me put my blinders on and let me, you know, say no to more things that don't serve me and start saying yes to the vital, you know, things that are going to help move me forward quicker. And now you're even fully committed, more committed, and now you're feeling it more. And now you start getting to the point where you can't wait to get up in the morning and do what it takes to move toward whatever the goal is. You know, and then on the other side of that, which very, very few people have, we can count them on our hands and toes, you know, and, and it's the top people that are elite in any industry, you know, yeah. or any sport, you know, those are the obsessed and they're obsessed, you know, because now it's all hard. They don't have to think about it. They don't think about it. I'm just doing this. It's all right here. It, it's yeah. literally, it literally is enveloped every cell in their body and it's what they feel. And they're truly indifferent of anybody's good or bad opinion of what they think is right for them. They're doing this. People can tell them no over and over again. They can try to douse that fire over and over again. And it doesn't, they, they can't, they, they can't distinguish it. They, it. they can't put it out because yeah. they built that up. And that right there is a pattern. It's something that you've done repetitively over and over again, enough times. So that now it becomes part of who you are. Part of your subconscious you don't have to think about it it is you 
Right. And I think, I think that's so important because it's, it's really when people stay too much in their brain, right? Because they're, because what, what ends up happening and and I, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. This is what I believe. What ends up happening is as we're growing up, right? I believe we would have already had the cure for cancer, the cure for every, most stuff. If it, if it wasn't for someone telling a little kid that their dreams of becoming this or that or the other was unrealistic or unpractical, right? Because I, I believe, I believe at some point in time, we went from, we went from the knowledge and the understanding and the belief that the dreams of the youth were the gateways to our future to now we are so hell bent on answering societal questions of what college are you going to go to? What are you going to be for the rest of your life? How are you going to make money? What neighborhood are you going to live in? And we, and all of a sudden our lives don't become about self-auditing, self-transparency, understanding what we were put on this earth for and who we were put on this earth to impact, it becomes, how do I make sure that I make enough money so that I can answer the societal questions to make everybody else feel comfortable around me? <laughs> Dude, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we get we get to this point to where we are, we are, we allow the opinions of other people to dictate the direction of our life. We allow... Really? We allow people to speak into our life who probably don't have, they, they don't have, they shouldn't have the privilege of speaking into our life. But, but if you let people tell you what you're capable of, one, they'll tell you. Oh, for sure. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion, right? And, and people told you, no, like you can't like, oh, bodybuilding, you're too tall. You're too this, you're too that, you're too this. And, and if you would have let other people convince you, because that's all they're doing, yeah. because it makes them feel more comfortable. Right. Right. But because that, because you being a bodybuilder, well, you were a swimmer, you were this, you were that there's all these labels that people put on us. And, but if you let people tell you what you're capable of, guess what? That's probably all you're ever going to be capable of. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and that's just it. I think people, they, they, they do judge you very quickly, even as a bodybuilder, you know, I mean, you know, the old stereotype of a bodybuilder is just some big, dumb, you know, muscle bound guy that you yeah. know, has, that's raging out on somebody, you know what I mean? Right. And that has no brain. And so, you know, that's, I literally have, you know, uh, overcome that stereotype repetitively over and over again. And I almost, you know, it took me a while just to embrace it. You know, I mean, I've at some of my seminars, I'm like, Hey, what do you guys see when you see this picture behind me, a picture of me and bodybuilding, you know, I said, you know what, don't, don't hold back, just yell out what you think. And I mean, the first thing I hear is steroids and yeah, I mean, every, right. I mean, you hear it done by, you hear every stereotype you can think of, they yell, I say, I'm oh, perfect. Yeah. Bring it on. Keep, keep bringing it. And I, I encourage it, you know? And then I just start out and say, you know, that's, you know, I said, that's exactly, you know, uh, what I've heard over and over again. And I said, but this is who I really am, you know, and I, and I start explaining who I really am to those people. And, you know, and then, you know, there's, I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done, I've done thousands of seminars. I have so many different PowerPoints. It's crazy. Um, you know, <laughs> but you know, there's always a point to it. I won't get into the point of that specific one, but there's, but you know, that is, again, you're getting all of the, the negative connotations out of the way where you're going into a room of guys that barely pay attention to themselves and, and are sitting in suits in corporate America. And they see somebody who is big in shape and, you know, listen, everybody's throwing darts right from the get go. Yep. So you almost got to clear the room real quick 
you know, get them on your side and then let's move forward now, you know? Yeah. Well, and, you know, so you, so you, and, and what's really cool about it, you know, I was, I was reading through a little bit uh, before we got on of like, you know, your, your, your history in the, in, you know, the fitness industry. And I mean, you went from swimmer yeah. to first time bodybuilder to people that bodybuilding, oh, you can't, you're not this, you're not this shape, you're not that, you know, whatever. Your muscle bellies aren't fully developed yet, you know. No, I was long and skinny, man. Yeah, you know, your glute ham connection is to this. You got to, you carry too much water here and all this stuff, right? All this stuff you hear. Yeah. And, but, but you went in the next, you know, through years and years of dedication and obsession, right? And, yeah. and I, I wrote some of this stuff down, man, like the, you know, bodybuilding, just thinking back through what you were teaching, like this, this ability to self audit self transparency, you cannot be a bodybuilder and not look in the mirror and see something other than what's there, right? You can't sugarcoat it at that point, you have to be very self transparent, goal setting, all this stuff. But you went through this obsession. And the next thing you know, you're 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 competing at a high level you're doing magazine covers you're the next thing you know you're a freaking fitness model yeah like you're being pictures are being taken of you on muscle and fitness uh muscle mag all of this different stuff you're you're like you're now the bodybuilder that they're using in magazines to help show to help you know inspire people to become to get into the sport of bodybuilding what yeah. was, what was that like? Well, you know, one of the things you just said, Jonathan, you know, is, you know, you're, you're always assessing and, and, you know, and you're essentially, you know, you're, you're only as strong as you are honest, mm. honest, Ooh, with yourself. you know, you're only as strong as you are honest with yourself, because you think about it, you know, we have a tendency to lie to ourselves more than we lie to anybody else. You know, we give ourselves all the excuses and justifications and reasons for, you know, why not to, you know, do what we know we need to do, you know, especially when it comes to something like bodybuilding, like, think about it, when you're training, and you're like, get out of bed, and you're like, Oh, my God, I can barely move. I'm so sore. It's easy to say, you know, I, I don't want to do this today, you know, but you, you know, when you are obsessed, you do it anyways, right? Okay, you just, you, you just do it. So, uh, but you know, the honesty that you have with yourself, you know, helps you assess and it also helps you grow stronger, not just physically, but mentally as well, because the process works hand in hand. Okay, you, you really, you know, as you're assessing yourself and you're looking at for new ways to grow and improve and you're problem solving everything, you know, you, you, you become better, yep. you know, you become better. And so, uh, you know, I feel like, again, bodybuilding is, you know, really a lot of sports, but bodybuilding for me anyways, it, it's just one of those things where there's so many life lessons. In it. And that's really what I, I, you know, in bodybuilding, I was like, okay, I just have to improve a little bit more every day. And then you get to the point where you're in magazines, you know, and for me, it was like, okay, I don't just want to be in magazines. I want to be in all the magazines, you know? And so <laughs> now I'm obsessed. That was the you know, new board, myself, right? I just trained my butt off, you know, yeah. doing everything I can for 12 weeks. And then I'm on stage for three minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's all over. 
Yeah. And so all my friends were out there like they'll do a photo shoot like the next day, but then they want to go eat pizza and everything else that they've been missing forever. And I'm like, ah, you know what? This is the best shape I've been in and I've gotten to. So I need to like, you know, record this because we didn't have cell phones back then. We didn't have, you know, we, we, we didn't, you know, have we doing IG. You weren't we were doing selfies. selfies. Yeah. 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 We were doing that. So a photo shoot was huge because that's how you got in the magazines. And so for me, I would, you know, after I got my first photo shoot, I was like, I would, I would, you know, I would talk to the, the owner of gold and say, Hey, do you know any photographers? And I would literally, I would, I would call those photographers. They didn't even know who I was, you know? And uh, I would set up, you know, photo shoots. And here's, here's the one thing that, that, that I think helped me become the most photographed bodybuilder in the world. 2000, 2001 is the most photographed bodybuilder in the world. And the reason being is because I literally, every photographer I knew, I said, Hey, I'm going to be out in California on this date. And I would set up shoot after shoot after shoot. And so, you know how it is in bodybuilding. I mean, you are, you know, if you just think about this, you, you sit there and you train so hard, you're eating seven, eight meals a day. You know, it's a lot of work. Okay, yep. so by the time I get to the bodybuilding stage, I look like, you know, a big freaky bodybuilder, you know, as a pro, right? Yep. Or, or a top amateur. Well, so I do that first photo shoot and that's how I look. But I, I have a long, you know, long muscles. So you go from eating eight meals to three meals a day, right? So I started depleting. My muscles look flatter. So I set it up so that here's, you know, Flex Magazine, Iron Man Magazine, and all the hardcore bodybuilding magazines. Here's muscle and fitness in the middle. Here's men's health. You know, yeah. here's- Which is more- physique. Yeah, so here I am. Physique requirements, right? Like you were, you were going from muscle-bound bodybuilder, right? Because Flex and all those, like, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that, that is the hardcore, and I'll use the term, hardcore meathead bodybuilder magazine, right? Like that's what we were reading. But then, and if you were a hardcore bodybuilder, you didn't necessarily want to read muscle and fitness and all this stuff. Exactly. It's like normal, right? They were normal looking dudes. Right. Still working their faces off just as hard. Yeah. But their physique looked different. It was, it was more like, and it was more in, I, cause I remember like being like, yeah, man, that's cool. But like, I don't, like, I don't want that long and lean look. I want, like, I wanted to walk through doors sideways. That's in my mind. That's yeah. I had the same goal. I wanted to walk into the, into the show and I wanted to be the one that are like, there's the winner. You know, I want right. to like, as soon as you step in, in. Yeah. Crap. You know, but, but seriously, when it came to the, the, you know, getting in the magazines, I had to put my ego aside and I had to say, you know, cause most people don't want to be seen outside of their biggest, fullest, best version of them at their biggest. And so for me, I was like, you know, listen, I, I, I was also a realist to some degree knowing that, you know, I'm never, you know, most likely never going to be a Dorian Yates, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or Ryan Coleman, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, how can I capitalize on this? And so I knew that I was going to get in front of a broader, larger audience, you know, looking almost 30 pounds lighter, you know, a week and a half, two weeks later, because I, I went from eight meals to three meals and I'm literally in the gym all day long doing shoots and so by the end of it, I look like a fitness guy, you know? Yep. So I had a ton of different looks that, that appealed to a lot of different people in a lot of different magazines. And so it was by no means an accident that I was most photographed by in the world. I, I, I went after it. Yep. And um, 
you know, and so again, it's, it, 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 and, and of course, then I started making money from doing it. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? My <laughs> job was no longer just to get shaped for a show. My job was to, to shoot for as many magazines to make some money as I could, you know? <laughs> uh, that's a, well, and what I love about that transition, and, and I believe, you know, going into a little bit more about what, you know, or, around the stuff that you're doing today with the Freeman formula and that, um, the supplement line, what, what it showed and what I think is incredibly interesting, and so any anybody listening to this, they, this this is why we have conversations with people like Jeremy because what what he's showing you is 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 that the journey the, the journey is not going to come to you, right? It's not going to happen if you sit around and wait on it. You weren't going to be the most photographed, you know, person in in in, in fitness magazines, right? by waiting for the people to call you and say, Hey, Jeremy, Hey, this muscle and fitness, you want to come be a shoot because it wasn't going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Any, any great accomplishment by any great person in the history of our world has taken it. They have to take a first step towards it. It's not being given to them. They, they are going out and they are going after it. And you were basically cold calling. You were, you were, you were cold calling, people to get to get into photo shoots and you you were becoming at that point an entrepreneur your product was just your 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 physical body how, how did that then obviously coming up through the fitness industry you know there's all types of supplements out there there's all types of different companies there's all types of you know fluff i've, I've got certain ones that i kind of lean more towards a, l- a little bit now because you know there's there's so much more understanding behind you know uh uh biology and, and biochemistry and how different things react in the body. There's, you know, we're, we're previously, you know, it was just whey protein, right? That's what you took whey protein, um, you know, and, and creatine maybe. And, you know, there were some other things out there that you, that you could take. I remember, you know, um, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, and, and a lot of it, it was fluff, you know, there's a lot of fillers and different things and it wasn't necessarily the most healthy, but, but as you were coming up, there was obviously something that you stumbled on um, as you got into working with other people, training other people, working on nutrition that really clicked, which is what led you into the Freeman formula and, and the, the supplement company that you have now, what did that transition look like from going, focusing only on yourself um, and, and getting yourself into the best possible shape to then moving and going, Hey, there are other people out there that, that need my gift and that need help to understand how to navigate this landscape, how to get healthier, um, how to live longer and more fulfilled, higher quality of life. What did that transition look like? And why did you choose to go into, um, you know, nutrition and then into, into your own supplement company? Well, I think it is human nature to, again, want to get to where you want to go quicker. We're, we're in an instant gratification world more now than ever. But even back then, you know, if I read in the magazine about this product that's going to, you know, give me this miracle, you know, increase in size and strength, like, I got I to I have that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, listen, like you said, as bodybuilders, you know, sometimes we're a little bit extremists. And so we'll try everything. We're our own guinea pig. And I was my own guinea pig. Yep. And, you know, and so... I think that, you know, for me, after trying so many things and realizing, man, the majority of this stuff is garbage, mm. uh, and then aligning myself with a company that really had some 
uh, integrity with, with what they're doing and having a product, some products that work well, I was like, okay, that's when I got to see what the manufacturing was all about and how, you know, in that business, it wasn't always about a quality product. It was about the marketing behind it and, you know, and, and increasing their margins. You know what I mean? And so, yep. you know, I, so I was always interested in, in, you know, supplements because I figured this is a way to help my progression. Yeah. So I studied biochemistry. Biochemistry was my major and I loved it. And, you know, and I did psychology. I was the guy that went to school initially for health and exercise science and chem tech, actually. And okay. uh, and I, I, I decided to become non-matriculated and I just kept going to school. I kept studying and I didn't always take a lot of courses. I took maybe one or two, but I was a non-matriculated, uh, you know, student. So that I didn't have to necessarily, I, I, I graduated eventually with way more credits than I needed, but I studied everything I wanted to study. Right. Biochemistry being one of them, uh, you know, nutrition science, you know, five different courses in psychology. The last one being parapsychology, which really like opens up your mind and say, Hey man, there's so much more that we don't know you know, that we need to really look into, you know, the mind is so powerful. Um, so to get back to your, your question, you know, how did I go from, you know, bodybuilding to supplementation? Uh, so supplementation was part of it from the very beginning. And then of course I dived deeper into it as I understood biochemistry. Yep. And, and that made me realize that, you know, we, we have to really understand biochemistry if we want to have the best result, especially in bodybuilding. If we want to speed up our progress in bodybuilding, there's things that you need to do and eat uh, and consume. And so, um, you know, I, when, I, when I work with some of these companies, I've realized that they started, you know, slowly um, deteriorating the quality of their product because they're trying to increase margins and the stuff that came out initially that was good is no longer good anymore so when i started my company i you know I, it was with the intention to you know have you know create the absolute best product that's based around how the body works biology of how the body works and that works with your body rather than against it using the highest quality ingredients that do what they say they're going to do and so that when somebody takes it like wow, this works. This is amazing. And so, and that's what we hear over and over again with our products is, is those exact things, because that's been my intention to be able to have high quality, never compromise the integrity of that. You know, and that's why I'm taking over manufacturers important for, to me, because now I can really oversee the quality and the quality control and the high purity of everything, check all the reports that was important to me. So it only made sense for me to transition into that. Um, you know, and so we've recreated products that, you know, that are like no other products that people are taking and saying, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, our, our brain formula, we just had a guy that just wrote us a testimonial saying, man, I've taken every nootropic on the, on the market. And he goes, this is the future of nootropics. He goes, I've never, he goes, this is next level. I've never taken anything like it. And so, you know, I understand the chemistry of the brain. I've studied, you know, uh, in depth, uh, not just the brain diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, post-stroke victims, MS, Parkinson's, all those things, you know, but what, how do we repair these things? How, do, how can we come back from a tra traumatic brain injury and what are they doing in those areas? So I, I, you know, the amount of education and reading I've done in just that area alone is crazy, but that's what I've poured into my product as well that education and knowledge I've poured into that to be able to create the best product that I know of right now in my current you know, knowledge so that somebody else can benefit from it, you know? Yeah. And what I, and that's what I love about it. Like, you know, 
and I think oftentimes when when we look at the entrepreneurial journey, I was having this conversation with um, a guy, Carlin Navarro. Uh, you know, he's 42 and chasing his dream to become a PGA pro at 42, hmm. right? And, no. you know, right. he's hearing all the naysayers and everything, but, you know, he's been a serial entrepreneur his entire life. But, but what was interesting is, and we were having this conversation that for a long time, even at the beginning of my journey, it was often about what was in it for me, how, wh- what was I doing and how was I doing it so that I could live the life that I wanted to live, which I think there's a part of that in the entrepreneurial journey and some of that stuff, some of that freedom and different things. I'm not saying that all that is negative, but when, but when you're, when you're doing it right in the health and fitness industry, that was probably my biggest challenge with once I got into more corporate fitness environment was that it became a lot less about helping people achieve their goals and that higher quality of life. And it was more, how many, how many numbers can we get in the door to sign them up for new memberships and all those things. And, and it, and we weren't always really setting people up for success, you know, when, when I was, when I was running fitness clubs and different things like that. But, but when you're looking at, man, I, I'm going to build these supplement companies. Cause that, that's, that is a very saturated market. There, I mean, it is, I, I've seen people starting supplement companies in, in, in their garage, right? Buying the stuff, encapsulating the pills, all themselves in their garage, right? And and it's not a high, um, uh, a high regulated invested, regulated industry either. So so you have to be cognizant of what you're putting in other people's people's bodies and and what you're what you're doing for them because. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have to think about that. Oftentimes they don't have to think about the effects of what they're doing and how it's going to, how it's going to go, but you're creating something that literally is ingested into someone's body. There's, there's gotta be a lot of pressure into, you know, I'm chasing my dream and my dream is to make people healthier and I got to make sure that I'm doing this right. Yeah, no question. I think, you know, listen, my previous education in biochemistry really helped me with that immensely. But you still have to know about each ingredient. You have to see the studies on each ingredient, what it does, how it works, you know, biochemically in the body, uh, what the outcomes, what the side effects are, all those different things, how they work synergistically together, um, you know, what do you not want to mix together, uh, you know, what can help amplify it, what can help with the bioavailability of it. There's so many different factors that, that go into formulating a product and and so you know for me it's it's you know it's it's looking at you know what's the what's the problem that people are having out there what's the need that they have and so you know i really stop and think you know like about my clients and i'll ask them you know what is it some what do you feel like's missing or what do you what do you think would help your life be better you know and, yeah. and of course you know we, we, we you know for so the, the brain formula was it was a no-brainer for me because uh, everybody wants to be, you know, smarter. Everybody wants to learn faster. Everybody wants to be clearer. I mean, especially nowadays, man, we're in a world of, you know, lack of focus. I mean, people high distraction, big, yeah, we're, we're literally in a, a world of distraction, constant distraction. Our phones are amazing. And there's, you know, all the information's there, but man, does it distract us? And we're rewiring our brain to be less focused and focus is a superpower. It really is because yeah. when you dial into something and you can, you know, just focus on that one thing, that's when you get things done. That's when your creativity comes out. 
you know, essentially what's happening is people are literally like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, you know, uh, a text message. Oh, wait, I got a phone call. Hey, how you doing? I mean, literally we're all over the place. Yep. And so we're rewiring our brains to be scattered and, you know, you don't get much done when you're scattered. So, um, you know, when I, when I created upgrade, it really, um, it was a game changer for me. I'd been writing a book for 15 years wow. and the name of the book was called don't waste a minute. Ironically, you know, don't waste a minute. Don't waste a minute. It's taken me 15 years to write. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I might not, you know, get it done quickly. I do now. But back then it was like, you know, it was a, it's a process, you know. So with Upgrade, Upgrade, when I first got my samples of it, I had formulated, I had an idea of what you need to put in it. And, and, and it was some of the exact opposite of what they're telling you to do. Okay. But I'm saying, no, you want to know what? This seems like this should work this way. So I was my own guinea pig too. But I took the product. And it was interesting because it was during November. And November is the year, time of year where I'd really take some time off of bodybuilding, number one, and put time on to whatever it was I was doing, like writing the book. Yep. And I took this, I took the product, and all of a sudden I was like, I think one of my problems was, was you know, giving a specific order, a flow to what I was writing. And so I, I all of a sudden had this opening of clarity when I first took this product that literally was to me mind blowing because all of a sudden I'm reading what I'm looking at and I'm saying, you know what, this doesn't make sense anymore. I wrote this 15 years ago. I don't even believe that anymore. You know, and I I'm going through and saying, you know what, this needs to go here. This needs to go here. This goes here. This goes here. And then I had to rewrite different parts of it. And so the whole thing was based on a, a template that I think probably needed 15 years to be able to come out of me. And it was based on number one, finding purpose, purpose, number one, purpose driven behavior, number two, commitment, responsibility, number three, relentless action, number four, and indomitable, never give up spirit, indomitable spirit, never give up attitude, number, number uh, five. And then six is maintaining momentum, making it an automatic process, making it a subconscious behavior. And that's what leads to empowerment and transformation. So it's the seven pillars. And so that right there was what I, what, I, what I came up with. And I used it in my business. And I'd been using it in my business, but I just didn't really know how to get it out of me. This product pulled it out of me. Wow. And so, you know, when, I, when we actually, it was, not a, it was almost six months later when we actually were able to release the product. And it was funny because when I released it, um, I, everybody was like, man, have you seen that movie Limitless? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I barely even watched movies back then because I was so tied up in my work, you know? Yeah. This is like NZT. You got to try, you got to see that movie. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But, you know, so 10 people in the first week we released it said that. And then probably the next week, 20 people, and then 30 people. So it was like, holy crap, I guess I got to go see this movie. And it was so relevant for me when I saw that movie because the character in there was trying to write a book. Yep. And I was like, I just finished my book, you know, and it took me about two weeks to finish my book. But I mean, I was so inspired when I was, when I took the product, I was like, man, I was dialed in. Jonathan, I stayed up all night long. The first night I took it. Okay. It's, it's, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not an adrenal stimulant. You know, okay. So you're not like yep. wired up and you got to go. No, you're just dialed in. Yep. There's no, there's no adrenal stimulus in it. So I was so dialed in. I stayed up all night long working on that book. Okay. I, and I got to be to work by 5 a.m. Worked all night long, what rate to work, but I was so excited all day long because I just felt like I got so much done. I was so on point. You know, toward the end of the day, I started getting tired and I get back home. I'm, I can't wait to get back home and take some more upgrade and keep going. So 
I wouldn't recommend this for most people, but, but I did it again. And the same thing over, you know, same thing. And then of course I had to get sleep for a few nights, but in two weeks, I ended up finishing this book. I sent it off to the editor and the editor says, Jeremy, this is like 12 books. You know, what is this for? You know, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's great information, but I don't only see a few spaces where your story is in the information that you're presenting. Yeah. I need, I, the only parts I was really interested in is where you're in it. And I'm like, okay, so I went back and put my, my interpretation of why I came to these ideas. And so it was me putting myself into my own story, um, which I didn't even know about. I, re I realized that, you know, the importance of that now. And so that became actually, I broke it down into messages that I, that I tied into my program called Project 42. And I, there's 49 messages. So it's seven pillars, seven messages per pillar that come out to 49 total messages that are power packed. And I would send them to all my, my people that are in the program that are going through that program to help them change their mindset. Because as you know, Jonathan, if you work with people in the past, it's easy to change somebody's body. But if you don't change their mind with their body, they're always going to go back to what they're used to, what they're familiar with, and what they're, you know, and what they're used to. You yep. know, and they, if they and, then, and then they get the same result over again. You know, they you have they, to change. You, you, you ultimately have to change somebody's belief system. You, yeah. you have you have to change what they believe about themselves, what they believe is possible for themselves. Yes. I talk about it in leadership all the time. You know, yes. I, 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 I look at it with company, you know, because I'm a big love and leadership person. Yeah. I believe love is the foundation of leadership. And it looks like kindness, um, patience, transparency, trust, hope, forgiveness. Like, you know, there's there's I believe those things about it. it it's and. But what's interesting with people and, and even companies, because there, there are people that really struggle with that. They're like, oh, love. Uh, so because they look at love like the emotional mushy gushy feeling and it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but I, I oftentimes with companies, I'm like, well, we just need more managerial tactics and we just need more. We need to change our processes and we need different things. And it's like, look, you can change the processes. You can change the tactics, the strategies and all that stuff. But it, in order to get true change within an individual, you have to change their belief system. If you want Absolutely. somebody to ultimately, um, I, I think it's one of the biggest challenges, and this is probably a whole nother podcast. I think it's one of the biggest challenges that we have um, with, with um, you know, um, um, correct, you know, uh, inmate reform in prisons is we, we never do anything to change the belief system of, of what, what that individual thinks about themselves or believes about themselves or is possible for their lives. So they automatically go back to that, um, that, you know, standard operating base, right. That Absolutely. standard operating system that, that is just, it's, we don't reset it and you have to right? people who get in shape. That's the problem with yo-yo diets. It's a problem with yo-yo anything or this quick fix stuff is, is you can change somebody's activity, for a small amount of time, but to actually change someone's life, you've got mm -hmm. to change the belief system. Right, exactly. And that's, that's exactly what we focus on in our program, Project 42. It's all about uh, mindset to, you know, it, you know, when we change the mind, you change everything in, in the belief system. One of the things I've written a book called Choices. And nice. so this book right here, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, what you're doing is you're instilling powerful characteristics that will guide your choices toward an extraordinary life. And essentially the first thing we do is we talk about uh, looking at yourself differently, okay? You know, when I go to a lot of my seminars, I'll ask everybody there, 
how many in here, how many people in here have integrity? How many people have you know, true integrity? Everybody's hand goes up. Right. You know, but then a few minutes later, I'll ask, you know, ask them, you know, inconspicuously, hey, has anybody in here ever, uh, you know, said they're going to start working out on Monday and, you know, and they're going to start eating clean on Monday and then Monday comes and goes and you, and you don't do it? Everybody, they all laugh. Yeah, yeah, of course, we've all done that. You know, I'm like, that integrity that. question was just thrown yeah. out the window. <laughs> exactly. So for me, you know, I, I'll say, well, listen, okay, everybody seemed to raise their hand when they talked about, you know, how many times you told yourself you're going to do something and you don't. And you come up with all the excuses, justifications, and reasons, legitimate reasons, even sometimes, for why you didn't do it. You know, so you literally broke integrity with yourself. So if you're going to move forward, you know, and change the person you are, then the first thing you have to do is you have to implement uncompromising integrity into who you are. You have to see yourself that way. You know, and integrity, I look at it a little bit differently. Integrity is doing what you say you're going to do to the best of your ability, even when no one's looking, you know, because no one's looking most of the time. So yeah. that one characteristic alone changes everything. So we start looking at not who you are, what you want to have, but who you are as an individual, what characteristics, you know, are you going to represent as an individual to grow and to display, to become the better version of you? Yep. Yeah. And you, you know, you have to, I, I, I learned this. I, I went and walked for 24 hours with a Navy SEAL. His name's Tom Shea. Um, and, and it changed, it changed my life, but he would talk about this idea of honor. And he, and he would say, you have to honor your word, not only to other people, but to yourself as well. Like you have to, uh, you're, you have to honor yourself. Right. And I, I look at that at self-love also, you have to love yourself enough right, to, to, to understand that integrity part of it, to understand the honoring of the, of your word to yourself, keeping your word to yourself. That's a part of integrity, right? If you say you're going to do something, then you do it. Even when the person you're telling it to is yourself, it's, in, it, it's, it's a non-negotiable. And, and you talk about these choices, these things that are made. I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a book. It'll be, it'll be my first. And, and the, the title of the book is, is Micro Moments, Massive Impact. And a lot of it is around the, um, at first I thought it was, uh, thought it was just about kindness and how we treat people in the small moments of interaction that we have every day that have an opportunity to leave a massive impact in their lives. As I've been collecting data and, and I didn't realize that it was going to be a, a Christian book, but it is uh, the more that I've done research and different things and seeing how Jesus lived and, and, and the micro moments uh, that, that he had to make massive impact, but it becomes about intentionality in choices in multiple areas of our life, right? If I want to have a great relationship with my wife, my daughters, and now as of yesterday, our adopted son, um, uh, so that, that, that happened yesterday, which is cool then I have to be intentional in the choices that I make in the micro moments of interaction that I have with them on a day-to-day -day basis, because those are the things that make a massive impact in their lives. It's not that I work hard and I chase my dreams and I do all these things, but it's that when I'm really tired and it's their bedtime and they've been running around like hellions for the last three and a half hours since they got out from school, four hours, that when my six-year-old wants me to read her dragons love tacos, then that's a moment. Yes. Choice that I get to make. That's a micro moment that I get to. That's what makes a massive impact in my daughter's life. 
Not that daddy worked hard all day. It's that I was intentional in that interaction that I had with her. Right. And, and it does, you want you, if you want to change your life, you've got to start being intentional with your choices in everything that you do. Absolutely. Yes. That, you know, listen, your, your, your book is going to be probably a lot like the book choices I have right here. And it essentially what, you know, what I talk about in there is that, you know, we, we're, we're a product of our choices, you know, in the way that we think, the way that we speak and the way that we act all day long, every day. And we get yep. to choose, we get to choose whether we're going to move forward or backward. You know, it's always, of course, easier to move forward when you have a purpose behind those choices you're making. Yep. You know, so it's uh, very true. You have to be very deliberate in how you think. You have to be very deliberate in how you speak, not just to others, but about yourself. Yep. You have to be very deliberate in the actions that you take because all of those make an impact. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it comes back to, you know, you understanding that, you know, if, you're, if you wanna be in a better place, then you have to uh, be real with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to honor yourself yep. you know, and, and have integrity. Start with integrity because, you know, honesty, you know, people trusting you, uh, creating trust, you know, are all things that are underneath integrity. Yep. It, yeah. It, yeah. You it, cannot it, be it, trusted. Like there, you cannot be trusted if you're of two minds, right? You, you cannot be trusted if you say one thing, you do another. And here's right. the thing. You can never ultimately create for your life, the life that you want to live. You can never create the impact that you want to make in the people around you on this planet, because I, I believe we were all put on this planet to make an impact, right? Uh, Mother Teresa says, I, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone that creates many ripples. We were here to create ripples. That's you exactly can't it. Create the ripples when you don't have follow through and you don't have integrity, when you don't do what you say you're going to do, because you're never going to be able to gain. We talked earlier about, um, you've got to audit your circle, right? You like having people who are pouring gasoline or pouring mm -hmm. water on your dreams. Well, you know what? Um, you're never going to put yourself in a position to be around the right people or to be the gasoline in someone's life when you don't have the integrity and the follow through and you don't do what you say you're going to do. Because guess what? Those people who audit their circle, you're probably not going to be someone who's in that circle anymore. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We, again, self-assessment, assessment of your environment, assessment of the people that are around you, whether they're helping to serve your purpose or if they're trying to destroy it, all those things have to be taken into account. It's the same thing in business. Business is the same exact way. You know, if you have somebody who, you know, is, you know, they is not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they don't have integrity and they're literally going through the motions, you know, that person's already quit already, you know? So, right. you know, so letting, get, letting them go only helps the business doesn't hurt it. So it's the same thing in your relationships too. I can't tell you how many people that are not in my life anymore because they, you know, they were a detriment to me, you know, and they're always willing to point out everything that was wrong, wasn't right. And how I'm doing it wrong myself and how I'll never have this. And this person tried it before and they didn't succeed. So why will you, I mean, you know, those type of things. And so uh, I think that, you know, you know, integrity, it's the top of the list, you know, but it's, it's integrity in, in so many different areas. Integrity, you know, I, I say, you know, those characters, your choices and our choices, again, they move us forward and backwards. And, and, you know, and that right there is what creates character and character means one, 
Okay, character means one. It means that what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you're doing are all in alignment. Okay, mm. they're not out of alignment. You're not saying one thing and doing another. You're not thinking one thing and doing another. You're literally, you're, they're in alignment. You know, our best example of that is probably Jesus, because think about this guy. This guy has character. Yep. Okay, he has a mission and makes a ma massive impact, you know, with just 12 people. I've got 12 people and he selected them very carefully. They were the people that were already business owners. Okay. He was, there were the people that were already had, you know, some type of commitment. Yeah. Uh, he just helped transfer that commitment, you know, and that full commitment, or maybe even that obsession toward his message. Yep. That they spread and then they put out to the world. And now you have 2 billion people still 2000 years later talking this message. Yep. That's impactful that's power yeah it's and, and, and you know and that's where like it was funny i was i was I know, i've got a few books inside of me and i i was like okay what one am i and i was i was i was having some quiet time reading and and i was uh, i was reading in the bible and matthew of these different things of you know the, these different miracles and these different interactions that jesus had and and it really did it clicked with me it was like holy cow like he lived micro moments massive impact Everything, nothing, people didn't, 5,000 people didn't come hear him speak because he was a great speaker. 5,000 people came and heard him speak because, to your point, the character of who he was, what he thought, what he spoke, and how he acted was all in alignment with his purpose of why mm -hmm. he was put on this earth. And the, the moments, these small little moments that he had with people to intentionally love them, to intentionally pour into them, to intentionally lift them up, to heal them, to do all these things, all these little moments made such a massive impact in these people's lives. That's why people followed him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, like you said earlier, you know, love is a misinterpretation, you know, especially when you go into corporate America. But the bottom line is, if you think about love and what Jesus represented is love. Um, love is it's attention. We're always craving love and attention as children. Think about it as children. If we don't get the attention that we want, then we'll act up and we'll act out. You know, think about, uh, the times that we seem like we get more attention, like when you're sick. Okay. When you're sick as a child, you know, you're like, all of a sudden your mom is like, Oh, you know, they coddle you, they held you, yep. they give you more attention. You're like, so, so, you know, subconsciously what happens is because people are seeking that attention, they end up becoming sick more often because they know that the attention, the love is going to be there from yep. that same thing for, you know, so, so again, we're always chasing love and attention. So think about this, but things that you give attention to, they grow. Yep. Okay. So essentially love is the law of growth. Okay, what you so, give love to, what you give attention to, okay, is what grows. So the law of love is a law of growth. It's just, you know, nature tells us this. If you think about a garden, okay, if you give it attention and you, you know, you plant the seed, you water it, you know, you get it, you know, make sure that you're weeding out the, 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 the uh, weeds and you, you know, make sure there's no bugs on it. And again, you pay attention to it. Um, give us a miracle grow, you know, right. Now, happens is you will have bigger fruit, bigger vegetables, you know, and more abundant, you know, more of them. Yeah. It's and like this. It's like the story of the Chinese bamboo tree. It's, 
you know, it's a seed and you plant it in the ground and for five years, it does nothing, but you have to water it every single day. And I love, and, and I've seen this, this meme out there a few times. It says a gardener cannot make his garden grow, but he can, he can create an environment where growth is the byproduct, right? And in the Chinese bamboo tree, it's, it's this tiny little seed every day for five years, you have to water it, nurse it, make sure the soil is right. Make sure you're, you're constantly caring for it. And for five years, it does nothing. And in five years, it, it sprouts. And within six weeks, it's grown to over 90 feet tall. It's, I mean, and it's one of the strongest materials created. Like it's one of the strongest materials. They use it for scaffolding. They use it for bridges. They use it for all types of stuff, but for five years, nothing. But if you weren't constantly dedicated every single day to caring for giving that attention, giving that love to, yes, then it would, then, then it would never see the potential in what it was actually created for, which is what, you know, there's, there's so you know, so many p- people use that as a, as the correlation. It's a to, great one because that right there shows you compounding. It's literally, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's literally, you, it, you don't see big things happen overnight. Listen to me, 15 years, it turns into bodybuilding. I still wasn't anywhere near where I could have been. Right. You know what I mean? So essentially you have to, you know, it's, it's all those small things that you do every day that compound into the big, you know, effect that you want to create. It takes time. You yeah. know, so, you know, it's, and that's, that's what that, that, that's what that story is about. You know, yeah. that bamboo is literally, you've got to pay attention to it, pay attention to it until all of a sudden now it's taking root and, and it's, it's got a stronghold and it grows rapidly. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we want to do. The more positive choices you make consistently over and over again, and the more you align the things you think, the things you say, and the things you do, uh, the faster growth occurs. That's you being obsessed with you. That's you be obsessed with being your best version of you. Yep. Okay. We don't, we, we, we will never pay attention to something that we're not committed to. We'll never pay attention to something that we're not fully committed to, you know, and when you're obsessed with something that really is what turns you on, builds that fire and gets you really focusing on uh, making progress, not just for yourself, but the people around you. Okay. Yep. Most people think that obsession is just, you know, dialed into you. Well, number one, you have to dial into you and who you are and who you're going to become. Right. Before you're going to impact anybody else. Yep. You have right. to lead yourself before you can lead anybody else. You Absolutely. have to, you, well you cannot, you cannot be, you cannot be for other people what you can't be for yourself. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and so you have to, you have, there has to be some self-guidance, some self-development in order for you to be able to get, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like how many, how many different little sayings do you want? Because they're all true. You right. can't. You can't give something that you don't have, right? There's another one. So it, it so it's important that and that obsession is becoming the best version of your of your individual self that you can be, so that you can go out and serve others well. Yes, that's exactly. how it works. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing about it is with with obsession, one of the things I believe is so important is obsession is now where you've taken your you've taken your purpose and now you've dialed into it. You're focused on it. You said no, okay, to everything else, okay, because we a lot of times say yes to so many things that are good, you know, that'll be fun, but they don't serve the purpose of where we're headed. Yep. You know, so I, I so, so the, that the, the focus has to be on the vital things that move us forward to make progress and no to the good, because, you know, good is the enemy of vital. 
Yep. Okay. So we want to make sure that we're, we're the good things pull off, pull us off track. So, you know, putting the blinders on saying no to all these things and yes to this, that's going to empower us because we're holding ourselves to a higher standard. Yep. We're in a world right now where standards sometimes don't even exist. We have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Okay. A higher standard of better characteristics, you know, being somebody who has integrity, somebody who has a do it now mindset and is not procrastinating, somebody who, you know, has a positive attitude and they display it in the way they hold themselves and you know, with a smile on their face, you know, I mean, how hard is the smile? I mean, it's crazy, right? How yep. many people you see that are miserable out there, put a smile on your face. More, more muscle. It takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does smile. Right. Just say that I'm lazy. Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah. you know, you know, and, and then on top of that, you know, being a problem solver in your life, because listen, you know, we're here to solve problems too. What happens is we get overcome with them and, we, and, and they let it, you know, overcome us. But, you know, the bottom line is, 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 is that your learning ground? When you become a problem solver, now what you're doing is you're looking for new information, new ways, you know, to go over, around, or under, whatever it is that purpose that you're going toward is, you know? So, you know, focus okay, is, 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 again, it's a superpower that is a skill that needs to be worked on consistently. Yep. Okay. So that, you know, for me, you know, that's how I look at it. These are the, these are the characteristics and the standards that I hold true to me that will help me move forward from where I am to where I want to be. And that's what I've helped people do. My whole mission has been to help people, you know, mentally, spiritually, and physically to go from where they are to where they want to go in an accelerated period of time by number one, working on mindset and who they see themselves as, okay, specific characteristics that'll guide their choices. And of course, giving them uh, the biochemistry of the body, how the body works. If they're in pain or they're suffering, we can't manage the mind. Okay, if you're pain and suffering and overweight, carrying 70, 80 pounds of overweight, and you're literally depleting your energy, then you can't manage your mind the way you need to. You cannot be the power plant of energy that you were meant to be. Okay, yep. on this planet, we are a power plant of energy. We want to optimize that. Okay, and then manage the thinking and thought. Okay, thought is our is spirit. And we can't see it, you know, so it's spiritual. But it's there. It's there all the time. I and mean, listen, it's our, it's our greatest asset because without it, we would be nothing. Right. right. So using thought correctly in the mind changes the body. You know, what we think and how we think, it dictates what every cell in our body does. Yep. Okay. And it, cre it creates the world that we live in. It right. Does. It, yeah. it ultimately does. Jeremy, I know, like, guys, this won't be the last time that we have a conversation with Jeremy. No, this we got to do another one. I got, we got yeah. so much more. <laughs> there, there's, so, it, there, there's so many different avenues. And here's what's crazy. I met Jeremy today, just like you guys hearing him. Maybe you're meeting him for the first time today on the podcast as well. I met him for the first time uh, through a mutual friend being connected. And, uh, dude, I see... I see a, a long relationship in our future because uh, there's there there's just so much so much connection between you and I and and how we think and and uh, I just I just think it's incredible cool where Jeremy where can people learn more about you um, where can they learn more about Project Forty Two the Seven Pillars like how can they follow you and get connected with you um, my website freemanformula.com is the best way to to find me. I mean, I am on some social media, but I'm not a social media guy. So I'm not, you know, as prevalent there. You know, everybody keeps telling me you need to be there. You need to be there. You need to be there. And, and, and I'll probably get myself out there, but freemanformula.com is, is probably the easiest. You know, we're revamping our website because our brick and mortar business is closed down right now. So we have to put out the message to the world in a different way than what we were doing in brick and mortar. Yeah. But we're there. You'll see us there. And again, I, I uh, uh, you know, it's, it's again, my mission to help as many people as I can 
uh, just to build their confidence, to believe in themselves and, and to, uh, you know, live a more extraordinary life, you know, now, you know, and when I say live an extraordinary life now, I, I say that because what you do right here and right now is going to impact your tomorrow. Mm, so see so many more things we can talk about it's so good uh because i you know i i've i've worked with a with a guy and i'll actually be hearing him speak again and uh in in about a week and a half his name is dr nick castellano um and he's a pastor and and has studied religious belief but he talks about having a now faith it is a it is a now faith and speaking out in the now that that takes from the unseen into the scene that allows us you know because because we're we're told you know me i'm, I'm a christian i read the bible and and it talks about that there are power there the power of life and death is in our tongue right our mm -hmm. words have power our thoughts have power and so it's not about one day when i get to it's a no now it is a right. now faith that creates our tomorrow right just like Absolutely. you said it, and yes. so there's man there's so many more ways we could get this thank you um Man, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for My pleasure. spending the time with me. I appreciate it. And for all of you out there, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I love you, and we'll talk soon.